You're listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast, now on Google Play. With Steve Myers, Senior Editor. Hello and welcome to the Healthy Insider podcast. I'm coming to you from Orlando, Florida, where I've just come out of the second annual Global Symposium for Chemistry and Biological Effects of Maple Food Products. A very interesting day, and of course, one topic that's in my wheelhouse is sports nutrition. With me today is Dr. Jonathan Tremblay from the University of Montreal, where he's an associate professor in the School of Kinesiology and Exercise Science. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So one of the, the studies that you presented on was your, your work on maple water, maple syrup, um, and some other sports drinks and glucose and water. You compared a few of these things on um, exercise, on performance. Um, you were looking at carbohydrates and how they were used, from where they were used, where they used from the products, from the body, and then inside the body, where they used it from the liver, where they coming from stored muscle glycogen. So that was really fascinating. Um, one of the things I noticed when you were going through several of those um, endpoints where there weren't many statistical differences. You noticed some trends. So can you talk about some of the trends that you did notice, even though they weren't statistically significant? Yes. So the trends, so there, some of the statistical, statistical differences were that um, both the maple uh, syrup and the sports drink increased significantly the total carbohydrate oxidation. This did not lead to a performance increase, but uh, you know we had, as I shown, we 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 had a lot of variability in the performances and in, in our participants. So maybe you know having a larger sample size and having a more homogeneous uh, group uh, sample, uh, maybe we would see a, a, a larger performance increase. Um, but so this was statistically significant. Then another statistical significant result was that uh, maple syrup seems to surprisingly increase uh, the use of muscle glycogen, which is not typical in that type of study. Typically when you give carbohydrates during exercise, you, um, you don't spare the muscle glycogen, but you don't increase the usage of muscle glycogen. So this was interesting, and uh, it's not, we're not the first to report that. Uh, there are two other studies that have, have seen similar results, so we'll need to see some more. It, it's fairly new, this type of result, so we don't know exactly what's happening there. It might be linked to some of the bioactive compounds that are uh, present in maple syrup, uh, but it's, uh, for, for now we don't have any uh, potential mechanisms to explain that. As for the trends, um, well, uh, on the, the selection of the body fuels, or the, the, the fuels during exercise, uh, there was no significant or, or trend that, you know, were, were like uh, surprising or uh, for, for, for the fuel selection. Uh, maybe uh, we, we had some trends that uh, with regard to taste, how the tastes were perceived, the sensory perceptions. Uh, these uh, were interesting because, uh, for example, we had a trend towards a, an overall appreciation that was a bit better with maple syrup, but it wasn't, it wasn't significant. Um, and uh, the, the, appreciation, the appreciation of the sweet taste as well was a, a bit higher with maple syrup, but it was not significant. So we had a few of these results for, that would, were kind of in favor of maple syrup. Uh, also the metabolic response, so how uh, it affected the, 
uh, blood glucose and insulin response during a, 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 the exercise period. It seems that maple syrup seems to be in, uh, interesting a bit more than some of the other products, but it was we had not, not a significant uh, result there. So, yeah, interesting uh, results, but uh, we don't see uh, always a significant, uh, statistically significant results. Right, and I should back up and say this is um, one of the handful of human clinical trials on such maple products, so that in itself is is a good step. And then also, I would I, I wanted to back up because we, we mentioned sports drinks, and maybe we should clarify what that means, or at least what that meant for you all in the study. Yes. Yeah, so for us, a sports drink, we wanted to really uh, base ourselves on uh, the main recommendations from the American College of Sports Medicine and the American Dietetic, Dietetic Association, uh, which has a position paper uh, stating you know how many carbohydrates you should have per liter and per hour of exercise. So when you do more than one hour of exercise. Typically, they recommend the, the American College of Sports Medicine recommends 60 grams uh, per hour, or one gram per minute, approximately. And this is exactly what we gave. You know, they had two hours of exercise. We gave them 120 grams over two hours, spread out in, uh, in small portions every half hour. And so we really followed the recommendations to see if this, uh, with this dose, would we see a similar. Um, uh, uh, oxidation or similar use during the exercise period uh, between a, a, a maple product or between a, a commercial sports, sports drink. And again, for for some of the audience who might not be aware, you know, when we when you we all know what maple syrup is because we all know and we love it. And but maple water, you know, I can think of oh well, there's vitamin infused water, there's mineral enhanced water. You know, is, is maple water just water infused with maple? What does that mean? I don't think that's what it is, but I'm going to allow you to tell us. No, ma maple water is a certified process to convert maple sap into maple water, but, uh, and I, I can't go into the detail of that. I'm not an expert on that, but I can say that uh, the maple water that we used was a bit different than the maple water that's on the market. It's maple water that was actually concentrated uh, to 6% or 6 bricks or 6 uh, grams per liter or per, per, um, per 100 milliliters to have the exact same carbohydrate content as the other drinks. Otherwise, maple, uh, maple water does not have uh, enough carbohydrates to compare with the other drinks. Mm -hmm. So in order to, to compare you know, uh, apples to apples, we need to have exactly the same carbohydrate content. And that's why the, the, the maple water was enriched. Not enriched, but concentrated. But it was concentrated not by boiling it. It was concentrated by osmosis. So there's no uh, processing, further processing of the compounds. And the, so the, the, the bioactive compounds that are typically found in the maple water are still there, uh, and um, uh, the, the the maple syrup uh, on the other side was uh, diluted uh, in order to have the six okay. percent uh, so carbohydrate. So it wasn't as thick as normal. No, it wasn't okay. as thick as normal. Yeah, it was diluted. I was wondering that during your presentations, I was thinking when you got to that point where there was the perceptions of the sensory perceptions, and I thought. The thickness didn't bother someone who's working out. And oh, it, now it, I know. Yeah, it was it was it's like a sports drink, right? Then right. it was an opaque bottle, so they couldn't make the difference. Uh, so you really during exercise also your your senses are a bit altered and so it's, sometimes it's hard to perceive slight differences in uh, taste and uh, aroma. And so many of the participants, actually, when we asked them at the end of the trial, you know, what do you think you got, you know, during the, the trial, a lot of them couldn't tell, you know, because oh. uh, yeah, well, that's they good. couldn't see a difference. That's good for blinding. Yeah. So just to be clear, I think when I was, I didn't know as much as I know now after today, which is great, but in the process of making maple syrup or, you know, 
I don't know if it's a sap, but there is a high percentage of water originally to that substance. Is that the water that you're referring no. to? No. No. We, we, um, so the um, maple sap, yes, uh, typically has uh, about 98% water. It's about 2% carbohydrate and a, lot, a few uh, bioactive elements. And so when it's concentrated to 6% carbohydrates, um, the water uh, is not added. It's the water from the maple sap. So yes, it, you have a higher, probably a higher concentration also of the bioactive products. Uh, we did measure or compare, you know, the bioactive uh, products in our uh, different um, solutions. So comparing in the sports drink, in the maple syrup, in the exact concentration that we gave to the participants, but we we didn't see that these. Uh, the concentrations that we're giving, the, the contents of these uh, bioactive elements, and uh, were not very high compared to what you find. You know, when you have Gatorade and they, they, they have uh, potassium, for example, and sodium, at a much higher concentration than what you typically get in a normal uh, maple syrup or, right. or maple, uh, maple water. So, um, yeah, we, they, they, we, we didn't see... Uh, um, we, we don't think that uh, there, was, there would be uh, an impact of these compounds or, or, or a large impact of these compounds on um, fuel selection, on perceptual responses. So um, it was mostly a carbohydrate effect, we believe. And so, like you said, sometimes you don't always see what you expected to see in, in research as the research plays out. But when you look at and think about the takeaways from your research, what, what does it tell you about why, or what, what does it suggest why athletes might want to take maple water or maple syrup over the other choices? Well, um, based on anecdotal evidence, it seems that uh, some um, athletes prefer maple syrup because of the, of the taste, mm -hmm. uh, prefer because also of the intestinal um, distress that it does not cause, <laughs> you know, because some, um, some, and this is very individual, you know, there's a lot of individuality in there and individual responses, but uh, some athletes report less of gastrointestinal distress with uh, maple syrup than with other carbohydrate sources. So, uh, but uh, some might report higher distress as well. So it's very individual in the responses. In, in our study, we measured these responses and we didn't see any difference between the different conditions. So uh, we can't really, um, um, you know, compare or say anything about that. Um, but um, I think it's really uh, for uh, the general public or for, for, for athletes, recreational athletes, and, and maybe even elite athletes, um, Maple syrup can be an, an alternative uh, solution to try, to experiment with. And uh, it's something that you can make by yourself, and it's uh, easy to make. And um, uh, I'm not saying it's necessarily good, or we don't know if it's, if it's good in, in all exercise situations. Mm -hmm. uh, we tested you know, 128, 120 minutes of uh, continuous exercise with a time trial, and this was in a lab situation where you know environment was controlled. If you're in a hot environment, it might be different. If you're in a cold environment and going uphill and variations in, in exercise uh, intensity might be different, but in our setting, it seems to be uh, comparable. Yeah. And, you, and you mentioned that there was... Um increased carb carbohydrate oxidation and maybe you can touch on that for for uh, people in the audience who might not fully understand their different levels of um, 
active consumers and athletes um, have different knowledge about these kind of things. Why, why would that be an advantage? And would that be an advantage to a certain type of exercise or exerciser? Yeah, so in general, when you do any form of intense exercise, and intensity, by intensity, I mean anything that's higher than um, 70%, 75% of your maximum, uh, or, or your VO2 max, max yeah. you know? So anything that's higher than 70%, most of your fuel use is from carbohydrates, independently of your diet. You know, even if you take a, a high-fat diet, you'll be using mostly carbohydrates during your, your exercise. So it's, a, it's the main fuel during exercise at this intensity. And so the more you can use carbohydrates, the more um, you can produce energy, and that chemical energy can get transferred into mechanical energy that can push on the pedals or run and make you run faster. And so the, typically, the more you oxidize these carbohydrates, the better you perform. So that's why I showed uh, some, some uh, classic results uh, where we show that the power output during a race or a time trial is typically higher on average when carbohydrates are ingested than when no carbohydrates are ingested. Right. And same thing for running and you know the average velocity or, or speed of running is higher with carbohydrates. So that's why we think that you know ingesting carbohydrates and oxidizing these carbohydrates could lead to improvement in performance. Um, and uh, the greater dose you can actually tolerate and uh, ingest and tolerate, in general, you should see an increase in performance. In this is mostly in endurance performance, so performance that's you know above 45 to 60 minutes in, in duration. Now, in high intensity exercise, the mechanisms could be uh, different. Uh, the, during high intensity exercise. Sometimes there might be an effect of uh, a greater effect of taste or sensory perception that increases aware arousal centers in the brain and increases activation and motor uh, motor activation, and so that's interesting. It's a different mechanism, so that's why, uh, for example, mouth rinsing seems to have an effect with carbohydrates. Uh, I've somewhere. seen that. Yeah. Um, so uh, for us, uh, we saw we didn't measure the effect of performance on performance of um, when we did the high intensity trial. The high intensity trial we did was mostly looking at cognitive function, so it was a bit uh, different. Yeah, that is interesting. I, I know that you you had made that little mention of cognitive in there. Yeah, we didn't. I didn't explore it today. Are there? It makes me think about where you go. Where you go next? I mean, will you continue to research maple water and maple syrup? Where do you think you'll head? It's it's one part of my research, uh, so uh, it's um, it's something I think, uh, you know, as I alluded to in, in, in the presentation, um, I think that uh, one step further with maple syrup and, and maybe maple water, mostly with maple syrup, is to increase the dose because we know that maple syrup, as a sucrose, seems to be uh, or show its effect, its beneficial effect, at higher doses than when we give the typical recommendation of 60 grams per liter. We should, we could go to 80 or maybe 90 grams uh, per uh, per hour uh, of exercise. So that's that's something that we could try. Um, there's also, um, as you know, many have alluded to today, uh, many potential uh, roles of maple products on inflammation. So inflammation, exercise is also a cause of inflammation, but that inflammation is also a cause of adaptation. So you don't want to blunt that inflammation completely. So, but the timely use of maple products could be used sometimes 
uh, in recovery, uh, to, to increase uh, recovery, uh, improve recovery. So this is something that could be explored. Um, in my lab, for example, we study muscle damage. You know, maybe recovery after muscle damage could be uh, uh, improved with, uh, with maple syrup. But this is all hypothetical. We don't know. And we don't know how, uh, if we improve that recovery, do, do we actually uh, um, negate the uh, exercise response or the adapt adaptative adaptations to exercise, which we don't want to negate, you know, so. Right, well, that's, those are things I was thinking about. Um, and you, you, just, you just touched right on them. Um, look, thinking of looking at the presentations on inflammation and looking at their mechanisms and, and the different um, cytokines and things like that they influence and and that's one of the things I thought I didn't know if it was in your comfort zone or not. I thought I, w I have to ask you because you know you're in the exercise science if, if you thought looking at those um, presentations and that, that research would that would that even potentially have a benefit to an athlete and you sort of just address that yeah it's very different to be in a state of chronic inflammation you know like uh, obesity diabetes uh, which have um, much higher chronic inflammation than an athlete that has inflammation due to exercise and that inflammation due to exercise is uh, something sometimes that you want because you adapt to that inflammation um, and actually the the, the, the inflammation inflammatory response after a few hours or days after exercise is even lower you know you have a, a, a response after exercise but it, it decreases lower than the general population in general. So, um, so I can't say right now that the, the, the other studies where we show a potential reduction in inflammation um, in uh, animal models or, you know, with, the, with doses sometimes that might be uh, way higher than what you would give a human. So the, the translation uh, to human studies are, uh, is uh, not necessarily uh, easy to make. Um, so I don't, I'm not ready to recommend, you know, maple sure. syrup um, and see an improvement in performance anyway uh, on a chronic uh, basis uh, for, yeah. for athletes. But we never know. We never know. We could replace uh, these products, uh, these, the sugars, uh, or part of the sugars in, in athletes, and maybe we could see a response. But I, I, I can't say for sure. now. Well, no, of course you can't. Just it was curious if you thought yeah. there was at least potential that someone could, could look into it that's a good, if it was a decent avenue for future research. Anti-inflammatory drugs and, and uh, supplements in general for, for athletes, uh, we have to be weary and careful of uh, supplementing with those because uh, uh, unless you use them really uh, in a timely manner, you know, in, in certain times when you need to negate these effects and to improve performance acutely, um, on a chronic uh, supplementation uh, basis, it's not necessarily uh, beneficial to, to, to use these supplements typically. And so in your research with the, um, with the various drinks, including the maple syrup and the maple water, um, those were consumed during exercise, yes, right, intervals during exercise. And you mentioned something about potential like recovery period ingestion. Um, and I, wanted to, I was thinking about that, and I wanted to talk to you about timing of this. Does it, does it even make sense? Is it enough carbohydrate to be pre-workout or at any other times or is it really just a is it, is it at its best during exercise like what are your thoughts we, there? Th the way we administered the carbohydrates was uh, 30 minutes before we gave a, a bolus so a larger dose of carbohydrates and then immediately before the start of exercise and 30 minutes mm. thereafter every 30 minutes and um, so I think yes there is a benefit of, of these uh, carbohydrates uh, in this form 
um, before exercise but close to the exercise period. Okay. If you're, uh, you know, the morning before your exercise session and you're two hours before, I don't necessarily recommend this type of carbohydrate. I think you would need maybe more complex carbohydrates, right. you know, these complex... So maybe a shorter window before. Yes, a shorter window before or maybe even during recovery after exercise, but then you might need other stuff as well, maybe like proteins or, you know, but the, during recovery might be interesting as well to recover the, or replenish the glycogen stores. Um, but uh, we haven't shown that. that this is just hypothetical uh, based on uh, the, the, what we know of uh, how to optimize glycogen stores post-exercise. Sure, I've seen some research on, and I'm sure you have, <laughs> of carb, carbs combined with proteins for yep. uh, for post-exercise, and, and I'm guessing none of those included maple, so that no, would be, be kind of yeah. cool to see in the Exactly. Future. That's another potential area of study. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate you joining us, and uh, I really enjoyed the presentation, and uh, we'd like to thank everyone for, for tuning in, and catch us next time on the next Healthy Insider podcast. For more award-winning podcasts from industry experts, go to insider.com and click in the podcast section. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play by searching Healthy Insider Podcast. Hit subscribe to never miss an episode. To join the conversation about the health and nutrition industry, leave a comment on the podcast's Twitter, Facebook, or SoundCloud account.